Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell, and you are listening to the Church Planner Podcast. I was actually just talking with Peyton, and I said, Peyton, you know, with this being a holiday week and you being in Wales right now, um, why don't we replay for everyone a podcast interview that you and I did for Kamon Hines? And uh, we did it for his podcast, which is a great podcast, and it's a little bit different than what you're used to from us. Um, because we share about what got us started doing the Church Planner podcast, the Church Planner magazine, things like that. And he thought it was a great idea to share it with you. So that's what we're going to give you on today's podcast is the interview that we did with Kamon Hines. And I just want to remind you, if you haven't signed up for MoGive, you want to head on over to MoGive.com forward slash church, and uh, they can help you out with your text-based giving, for your online giving, it is a great platform for being able to help the people in your church give, not just on Sunday, but when it's convenient for them. They can set up automatic uh, giving for every Friday if they get paid every Friday or twice a month or on the 15th and the last of the month, things like that. And that is a really helpful thing to most people. They know that if the money goes in there one day, they've already tithed on it and they haven't spent it, and they don't see the loss, right? And that's kind of the the nice thing that MoGive is able to do for your people. So if you haven't signed up for MoGive, head on over to MoGive.com, M-O-G-I-V.com, forward slash church, and sign up. So anyway, on with the interview. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Ideas to Life podcast. I'm your host, Kimon Hines, and today I'm excited to have two guests with me. I have uh, Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell. Uh, Peyton and Pete work with um, New Breed Church Planting 
and uh, some other initiatives. And in fact, I'm going to allow them a chance just to share and introduce themselves and tell us what they do and some of the initiatives and the ministries that they work with. Peyton. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, that was a great sign of respect that Pete <laughs> let me go first. I, um, I knew you would just talk over me. So <laughs> I figured turn it over to you. That's right. That's right. So, hey, um, thanks for having me on here. And uh, it's a real I'm excited when you outlined what your podcast was about. I, I was really excited. So thanks for having us on here um, to talk about actually practically getting things done. We actually need Pete for this podcast. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, my uh, my journey, I'll just sum it up real quick. Um, I've been in ministry for 23, almost 24 years. And uh, I have uh, started out, I started out in megachurch, uh, became a missionary uh, overseas, went to Lloyd-Jones's church as an evangelist, helped them plant a church out, and then uh, took a church that didn't have a pastor for 18 years. They kicked the snot out of me. I quit ministry, told God, I don't like working for you anymore. Um, your people are mean, and I'm out. You know, I'm going to go mm-hmm. back to uh, the medical field where I was working before. And, uh, I was a psych nurse and then I, you know, before finishing up an MA, um, was working in a Starbucks and, uh, decided, uh, you know, maybe I'll run a, a Dan Brown Da Vinci code, the, the reading group, you know, that yeah. book, I'm making coffee on the bar. Enough people asked me what I thought as a former preacher. And we threw a, a reading group and 30 non-believers turned up the next week, 40 turned up the next week, 50 turned up. And so we kind of, planted a church accidentally. I'm an accidental yeah. church planter. <laughs> okay. And uh, when I got back to the States, um, God really connected Pete and I. Pete, uh, he'll tell you more, but he's a son of a Baptist pastor. He saw me speaking at a church and talked to me afterwards and said, hey, you guys really, uh, you know, you're doing cool things, but you really suck at marketing. All missionaries suck at this. And he's like, I'm a marketer. So uh, you know, um, if, you know, if, if, if I can ever help you, let me know. And, and I knew then God was in that cause I, I did suck at that stuff. And so we kind of formed a partnership. Pete is kind of really the, believe it or not, he's the, uh, the, 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 this stuff is his brainchild. I work with new breed, um, church planning network. I was doing that and I was really asking for Pete for help. And Pete mm-hmm. started saying, Hey man, is there a podcast for church planners? And at that time, there really wasn't. He's like, is there a magazine for church planners? And uh, so we we started a podcast, a magazine, and, uh, you know, uh, we, we have a, a church planner training called Jump School that we do. Um, you know, I've, I've written I'm on my second book contract now, but um, that's all the kind of stuff I do. And, and recently this year, I was recruited by the North American Mission Board to work as a church planting uh, kind of master trainer uh, on Mac Lake's team. Uh, okay. he, he architected the multiply training. So I uh, got a lot of, lot of hands in, in a lot of different pies, but uh, that's kind of what I do. And if I want to give the one second answer, I just say I do what Paul did. I plant churches, raise up leadership, and uh, move on to the next place. Yeah. So you do a lot of different things, but they're all connected to one passion, really, like making disciples and planting new churches. Absolutely. Which yeah. really at the bottom of it, the, the main passion is reaching the loss. I can honestly say I'm probably more comfortable uh, being around lost people than uh, than 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 Christians. <laughs> that's, that's a good skill to have as a missionary. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit, Pete, uh, how did you get kind of get connected with this and what, what, did, what do you do? 
with this. Well, the biggest mistake of my life was approaching Peyton at that uh, that church <laughs> and introducing myself to him. No, that's not true. <laughs> you know, um, my my history is uh, a little bit more sordid, I think, than Peyton's. While I, I am the son of a Baptist pastor, and when that rolls off your tongue, it almost sounds like profanity. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for me, you know, uh, the church was never – I never really enjoyed church at all, I should say. Um, always thought it was incredibly boring. Looked for any opportunity to miss, to skip, uh, to not be a part of it. Because I'd been around it my whole life, and I don't know, it just wasn't wasn't fun, wasn't exciting. And uh, my journey has been uh, very different, obviously, than Peyton's, um, who's been a missionary on the front lines for you know twenty plus years now. Um, I've I've always been more of an entrepreneur, and I've had my own businesses for years. And that's a, a large part of what I do today is uh, I'm a, a consultant and um, and, a, and a trainer, if you will, uh, you know, and I sell uh, marketing, how to, I consult with companies to help them increase, uh, increase their marketing, bring in new clients, um, things like that. And I'm actually uh, very, you know, very successful on that side of things to the point where we actually just put out on our, our podcast because we do a podcast for church planners specifically, which I have absolutely no skill at whatsoever. That's Peyton's gig, right? I'm just, I'm there for color commentary and for the good looks (laughs) on the podcast. And, uh, just look good. Yeah. And, and, uh, but like this last episode, we actually just put out to these church planners because a lot of them are what we call bivo, uh, meaning they got to have a day job in order to fund their church plant. They're not, you know, one of these church plants that's fully funded with like $250,000. I mean, a lot of the guys who come to us are, hey, I got a burden and um, I'm going into the inner city here in Baltimore or um, Long Beach or wherever it might be. You know, what do I do to make money while I'm doing this thing? And so we actually just put out on our podcast that uh, I'm like, all right, look, I'll take five of you guys through um, a special training I'm going to do just to basically train you guys on how to be a consultant on how to have that as your, your business. Mm. And the reason why I like it so much for uh, church planners specifically is one, the time freedom that they can get yeah. where it's not a regular day job. You're, you're trading hours for dollars. You got to be somewhere from eight to five. Um, Flexibility. Exactly. Right. And uh, so so that's that's actually what what we're doing right now is just taking a, a handful of guys, teaching them how to do it, and then of course the income is significantly better on the consulting side because you can you know you can make the money that you need to support your family while you're doing your church planning, and of course um, usually our church plants they can't afford to pay the pastors. I mean, I was talking to one church planner yesterday, and he's like. Yeah, my church pays me five hundred dollars a month. He's like, I got to do something different if I'm going to live because yeah, that's not yeah. going to pay me. So, did you get five already? Um, I've actually, I've had, uh, I had two more people um, say they want to have a one-on-one call with me because here's the deal: I, I didn't want to. I don't just want five guys. Like, I want to make sure it's the right fit for him. So, like yesterday, I told one guy, I don't think it's the right fit for him. I think his skill set is is better used uh, elsewhere. 
So I'm actually uh, having one-on-one talks with these guys just to make sure that it's going to be the right five. So I haven't settled on who the right five are going to be, but I've had um, so far, I think, nine people apply, um, okay. which actually kind of surprised me. I only thought I'd get like two. <laughs> so yeah. I guess I, I dramatically underestimated how much church planners need to make more money. So yeah, yeah. how poor they are. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about this. This is more. This is the first time kind of interviewing a team of uh, two people who have worked on an idea together. Um, as I talk, as I look at the two of you, it seems like um, Pete, you saw in Peyton a potential for what he was doing to be used on a greater scale. You saw, okay, you you have these skills and you have a passion, but here is a way to now take this and move it to now. Um, market it and to reach a wider audience. Um, talk to someone as you as you as you look at developing new ideas and working with a team. How important is working together as a team and and getting people who complement you in terms of the areas of your your weakness that they have a strength? It's it's extremely important because um, in my business life, I've done probably more things wrong than I've done right. And it's those lessons that I've learned from. So I'll give you an example. One of the first conversations that Peyton and I had, when you do a partnership, partnerships by their basic structure are horrible business models because Mm -hmm. now you got two guys. And if you did a 50, 50 split, what happens when you disagree with each other? And that happens all the time. I don't care how good of friends you are. I don't care if you're family. I don't care what it is. There will come a time, which Peyton and I have had on many occasions, where you butt heads and you're like, okay, what do we do? Right. So because I've been through this before, um, I said to him when we first got started, I go, okay, well, we need to have clear lines of who submits to who. Like, I don't care about the money side. I don't care if it's 50-50, but we need to have down who submits to who. So when we butt heads, we know, okay, well, so-and-so's got the final voice. And what we right. did for us, because of what we were doing, is we said, okay, if it has anything to do with theology or um, you know uh, anything content-wise, Peyton is the final authority on that because he's got the most expertise in that. And so no matter what, I like if, if push came to shove, he's going to get the final vote on that. When it okay. comes to anything that's business-related, um, then in the end, it's going to be my vote that matters most. Okay. And it's okay. only happened a couple of times where we've we've really butted heads and, and been like, okay, well, you know, I'm the final vote on this, so this is the way we're going. Um, but you have to have that. And I've just – I've been through it too many times because a lot of times, you know, I'll make the mistake of – or I should say, I, I have in the past made the mistake of, hey, you know what? I'm going to go do this business. And this is a good friend of mine over here. Like I had this one. I had this one really good friend. And then we went into business together. And that just like blew up the friendship, blew up <laughs> yeah. everything. And I realized we were too much alike. And there yeah. wasn't any complimenting of each other. It was like, okay, we're so much alike that we have the same faults. And we have the same strengths. So why are we working together on this? I mean, we're like duplicating yeah. each other. Yeah. 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 So that's, yeah, it's I, a tough thing, man. I would say too, that Pete and I are, are very different how we're wired. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm a left-hander. Um, I'm a creative. I am, I am a tech muggle. I don't understand the magic that guys like him do. Um, 
you know, I don't have business expertise. So there's, I, I think, Kimona, it's kind of like you got to have kind of a, a, a humility mm. to, to really defer and say, well, I don't know everything. And, and so even, even in ministry, I mean, I, I see myself as, a, as a more apostolic type leader. In other words, I'm kind of like a pioneering boundary pushing, you know, get out there. Um, but you know, when it comes to shepherding, I need people on my team that see what I don't see. Yeah. And, um, and, and so even in a church world, I don't think I have all the answers. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's been really great. The other thing is Pete and I, as much as we're business partners, we're also friends. We laugh together a lot. Um, Pete's one of my best friends. And like you said, no matter how good your friendship is, I could totally see there were times, man, we butt heads and it was tough and we butt heads bad. And, but there was a friendship. I can remember one time. I'm I'm a little bit confused because I barely even know you. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that's why you like me. (laughs) The more you know me, the less you like me. And so, you know, the funny thing is, is we, we had hit, we, we thought at one stage we're going to hit an impasse. And we went to lunch and I just say, Hey man, regardless of what happens, I I want your friendship. That's what matters most. And I think if you can uh, keep working out a mutual respect of each other, you know, pastors are used to people kissing their butt. I mean, it just, it just happens. Church planners aren't, but pastors are. And I think being a church planner helps because you're not, if you're a church plan, you're not looking for everybody to kiss your butt and worship you and do what you want. You're, you're looking at mission. You're looking to get the job done. You're looking yeah. at exalting Christ and lifting him up. And I think Pete and I default back to that. Pete's not in this for money. Um, yeah. You know, he makes crazy money doing what he does in the secular world. And when we first hooked up, Pete's like, you know what? He goes, I just, I want to do something for King. He goes, I'm good at making money. I don't got a problem with that. I, he goes, but I want to do something that's going to last for eternity. Something that's going to have a significant kingdom impact. And, uh, and that was kind of, that's been our, our common ground. We don't really do stuff for money. A lot of what we do has been platform building. Um, it really, ha- and, and at the end of the day, we get emails uh, on a regular basis of guys going, Hey, I'm in this part of the world or I'm your podcast has meant the world to me. And I would definitely say that Pete and I feed off that in a way that how Jesus said, Hey, I don't need food. I got food, you know, nothing about. Yeah, and there's that definitely that dynamic going on for us. Yeah. So just in terms of talking to someone who is um, starting a new idea, it's it's good as a creative to make sure you surround yourself with people who complement the areas that you are, you would say, not as strong in the areas of follow through and, and just implementation. It's good to put people on the team and to have some, you know, some hard, hard talks up front to say, OK, here is how we'll resolve conflict. And here is the the order of who who takes the lead on stuff. And I think that's important what you guys are sharing having those difficult talks up front and then being willing to be open as you go through the process. Yeah. yeah I, I actually just did an event with uh, another guy. It was our first project together. Um, he's a, a mobile detailer. And so we were putting together uh, the detailer uh, marketing boot camp. And so we're teaching uh, detailers just how you market your business, just how you get more clients, grow it, that kind of a thing. And so at the very beginning, I sent him an email and I basically outlined that whole thing. I said, I don't care for 50 50, but someone's got to submit to someone else and you don't have the experience I do. So I'm going to be the guy on uh, the business side. I'm going to have that final call. And he goes, well, you also don't know the language and the lingo and you know, the whole 
detailer world. And I'm like, you're right. He's like, so I think I should have the final call on that. And I go, you're right. You should. Cause you're that guy. And I go, here's how we're going to split the money. 5% immediately comes off the top to take care of the merchant account fees and all that. Then we'll go to 50, 50 after expenses. And interestingly enough, he took that email and he was working with another guy on another project and he sent it to him. All, he goes, I, I basically sent it to him word for word. He's like, I figured you had it scripted out somewhere. And I'm like, no, but that's a good point. I'm going to save that little, <laughs> save that little copy of what I said to him. Um, and he goes, and the other guy got kind of offended, you know, at the whole idea that someone had to submit to someone else. And, and I remember having that conversation at one point with one of my uh, business partners years ago. And that is because of a lack of maturity in business. And to me, it ends up being a red flag when someone's like, oh, I, I got to submit to you mm. or or because I don't mind submitting to someone else. If they've got the expertise, <laughs> man, I'm yeah. I'm all for making money. I mean, that's the whole thing for me when I'm in business. I want to make money. So if me following your lead is going to make us more money, then I'm all for it. But when people start having issues with that, there's a, there's a lack of maturity in business on their part. They're probably too new and too green and need to, you know, go through some experiences, maybe fail mm -hmm. a little bit first before they're yeah. really going to be ready to, to go to the next level in, in their business. Yeah. Well, you know, one, one thing that you said, it's not about necessarily boosting yourself, but it's really, you guys had a, a, a goal to advance the kingdom and to, 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 to impact people. And I think anyone who starts off with some business concept or idea really has to have a greater why than just, I want to be famous. I want to make a lot of money. Right. Yeah. 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 Now, Peyton, let me, um, let me kind of get to you with, um, you said you kind of act, became an accidental church planter. So you, I would, you wouldn't say that this was an idea that you kind of started and you say, okay, I'm going to follow this idea. But as you started realizing, okay, there is a need for this, how did you go about moving from um, something that kind of fell on you to bringing it into, into, into reality? How did you kind of, you know, begin to get it more streamlined? Yeah, well, you know, at, at first, what I was trying to do was get um, churches to, I was just trying to improve the way that I, you know, approach churches. And one of the cool things is Pete's like, look, man. This would be helpful to you because I, I couldn't ask for money. I was a missionary and I just couldn't ask for money. And uh, it, it just, I mean, in, in one sense, like, so what, what I do with New Breed is we, we pr primarily go to places that are very difficult to plan. I spent 12 years as a church planning missionary over in Europe and uh, coming back here, it was a cakewalk. And, uh, and, and it, you know, when I was in inner city LA and rural Long Beach and in particular LA County, but, um, to me, that's, that's just, it's, it's a cakewalk compared to, to, you know, Europe. And, and so as we started doing that, I realized, you know, there's never going to be money coming towards this community, but I'm training up a bunch of church planners. So I need to be set apart to reproduce myself. That's kind of my, my my mantra is if you want to reproduce yourself, you go full-time ministry if you're focused on reproducing yourself and others. Otherwise, stay bivo because you're going to reach wow. so many lost people when you're bivocational. Right. And, and, and I see that as a huge evangelistic tool. So what, what happened was I was telling Pete, hey, I really need to generate some income into the mission of New Breed. And, uh, 
Pete's like, well, look, in the business world, here's here's one of the things we do sometimes. We'll do like a, a webinar or whatever, and we'll do a, um, what do you call it, a, a, a pitch at the end. And it's a video pitch. And he goes, I'll do one for you. So he does this video pitch. <laughs> And, uh, and, and, and I show it and I get way more signups. And then we had a, a church planning yeah. conference we went to yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and Pete has this, this postcard and he says, look, we'll give this away. People get a free DVD or CD. And I look at it and it looks bad. And I'm, I'm a left, you know, left-hander, right brain creative. I look at it and I go, Hey, can we make it pretty? And Pete goes, Hey man, ugly sells. He goes, do you, do you want people to, to check out your stuff or do you want to give them a pretty postcard that they throw away? And I'm like, both? And he goes, hey, look, let's make you a pretty one and uh, let's see what – anyways, we went. And, and so this is going back to where Pete's like, hey, you, you defer on business to the other guy. I know your question is kind of like how did you get going, but this was kind of how I got sure. going. Oh, and it's also how I learned the truth of what Pete's saying. We, we, we razz each other now because Pete will be like, hey, man. The only thing I think is that should be pretty because what happens to Pete goes, watch the results. I seriously, instead of having 25 church planners or pastors sign up that week, how many was it, Pete? Was it, it was like 13% of the whole conference came over. Yeah. And, and there was like a thousand people there. I think it was like 20, 125 people, pastors that weren't on my email list before. I had right. never gotten that kind of result. And he, and he just... He just smiled. He wasn't a jerk about it. He just smiled and he was like, ugly sells. I'm trying to tell you. He goes, I talk to guys like you all the time. And he goes, you don't understand how people work. You're, you want to give people pretty thinking they'll see a pretty thing and be like, Ooh, I want to check that out. And he goes, cause that's how you think. But he goes, a majority of people out there, it's not how they think. And he goes, so you need to, um, really understand how people work. And if you will let me do this, um, you know, I'll, I'll help you, but I'll really help you. I won't give you a pretty postcard. I'll really help you out. Right. So <laughs> ugly sales, huh, Pete? Well, it can. I mean, I actually literally had this conversation this morning with a client of mine because they were really worried about this uh, uh, letter that we're sending out. And they're like, well, you know, if it looks too direct responsy was the word that they use and has different fonts and this, that, and the next. And, and basically what I told them, I said, look, it's not about what my opinion is. And it's not about what your opinion is. It's about what the results are. So if you really want to test this, let's send half the people, your letter, half the people, my letter, and let's see which one pulls better. And when you can hit people with that kind of, um, you know, position of let's just see what pulls better. You can't, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to argue with the results, but it's almost always ugly. <laughs> the ugly thing works. So, so for both of you, as you as we're t- talking to someone who might be starting a new idea, or maybe even a church planter who has this concept of okay, I want to plant a church. Uh, someone in a church, I want to start a new ministry or a business person. What are some of the first next steps after you you feel this compulsion, after you feel this call? What are some of the first necessary next steps you need to take in order to move this thing forward? Peyton? Find a guy like Pete. <laughs> no. Get, get the right people on your team. I guess we'll call it that. <clears throat> yeah. I think um, one of the things that, that Pete and I did, and, and this, you know, Pete, Pete just asked me a bunch of questions. And I, I know it comes from being a consultant and a marketer. 
one of the things we did is we we figured out what do people need? You know, what problem do church planners have? What is it that um, that that they're struggling with? And so we made a list of things that they're struggling with. And what's kind of cool about that is once you start doing that, you really it, it kind of stirs your compassion. It helps you with your motives. I, I think there's marketers out there. I listen to a lot of marketers and uh, I'm a Holy Spirit guy. So you got to understand I'm not like uh, the I don't replace the Holy Spirit with marketing. But I also know that if you're trying to get a message out there, don't ignore the rules of how how things work. I think there's a lot of guys promoting rules where they go, you know, find the problem and they don't give a squat about the person on the other end. Add value to their life. But it's a gimmick. And it'll work, but I think when you're doing things for the kingdom, you really yeah. need to be careful that, yes, you can look at those rules, but make sure you really do give a rip about church planners, who, whoever it is in God's kingdom. I think when, and, and even Peter said this, that when you're crossing over into the realm of, I'm going to do this in the, in the name of God, and I'm going to do this for the kingdom, you have to be careful because if you're... If you're looking to pull one over on God's people, hey man, he's he's watching. You know, he's got those eyes of fire, man. And so for us, it was really finding what is the problem, what is the need, and our compassion grew, and um, we we started just kind of reverse engineering. Um, what would it be that would help them and serve them? And so the magazine, really, Church Planner magazine, was to serve them. Podcast meant to serve them. Um, Pete looked into all the techie bits. I started working on the content. And uh, and we put chocolate and peanut butter together and came up with a Reese's. So you worked backwards. Yeah. You, you, you determined, okay, this is the kingdom impact. Who am I trying to reach? What are their needs? Yeah. And what would, what would best serve them? Yeah. And the other thing we did, Kimon, was, you know, there were podcasts out there. But they're really serious. And we were kind of <laughs> like, you know what? Like, church planners aren't serious people. If you go to a pastor's conference. Yeah. Pastors are straight laced, you know, they're wearing ties and tweed jackets with leather elbows. And, uh, you know, Pete and I were like, you know what? That's not church planners, man. Church planners are a wild bunch. Yeah. So we were like, you know, we're just going to be ourselves. And wow. uh, the longer you're a church planner, I think you, you, you mix with non-believers a lot. And you just learn the boundaries of you don't forsake your holiness, but you also have an approachability and a you know down to earthness that that helps you know kind of relay the gospel and we brought all that to the podcast but we've been called everything from you know uh you know kind of like that old show on NPR car talk right. to um for church planners to beavis and butthead of church planning <laughs> so, so you guys are just yourselves and which is which is yeah. another great great skill to make sure that you don't lose yourself in trying to market market what do you think people want yeah, most definitely. Yeah, our our podcast, the first 20 to unfortunately 30 minutes of it will be what we refer to as smack talk. And it yeah. has nothing to do with church planning. It has everything to do with what crazy antics just happened in our life. And we get comments from church planners who are like, you know, the smack talk used to really annoy me. Now that's all I care about is I want to hear the smack talk. <laughs> so it's we it's it, The smack talk has been everything from... You know, Pete finding a, a a gummy bear stuck way up his nose, wondering how it got there. To um, that's you a know, true story, uh, but that's a whole Pete, other story. Th- all these stories are true. To uh, we were telling you earlier about how we um, floated a 
a, a dolphin, uh, one of those mechanical flying dolphins. Uh, it's a balloon and uh, put our logo on it and flew it around the exponential conference exhibit room, got stuck on the ceiling. I mean, it's always something that's hilarious, funny. It's make it, we're entertaining ourselves for the first right. 20, 30 minutes. And then, uh, you know, from there it, it, to, to, to the time when Pete was an extra in a film, not knowing oh. what film it was. And uh, it turned out to be a, um, a, a gay uh, cycling film. <laughs> <laughs> it's Hollywood, okay? I got the call. I got to be an extra. I, w- I wanted the money. I want, you know, but yeah. I guess you're semi semi famous. Well, let's just say I share maybe three tenths of a second on screen with the main character. That's the best in the movie. So he's in the crowd, but you can you can do a freeze frame and you can tell it's Pete. <laughs> well, Pete, how would you answer that question? What would you tell someone who is looking to develop a new idea? What's some first steps they should take? The, I would say one of the first steps that you got to take is you have to start. Like there are so many guys that I talk to who are getting prepared to start and they will go years literally preparing to start. And I'm like, just go do it. Like wow. you, you want to test the market. Well, go see if you can sell your idea. Go see if you can um, sell that type of thing. Like I'll, I'll give you a great example. How we started the magazine Mm-hmm. Um, how we did our, our recent video series was by doing Kickstarter campaigns. I love crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. And if you can't, and basically crowdfunding is selling the product in advance of product creation. If you okay. can't sell it in advance of it being created, I don't know that you're going to get anyone to buy it after it's created. Mm-hmm. So okay. I love doing crowdfunding and I look at it and I go, if it fails, well, then maybe the market's not there. Maybe, yeah. maybe my great idea isn't exactly what the market wants. And so I say, just go out there and do it, go out there. And because we can do crowdfunding, you got Kickstarter and Indiegogo, go see if you can sell your idea on those platforms. And if it works, then, you know, you got a great idea. If it doesn't work, maybe you just saved yourself years of heartache of trying to get yeah. something to work. That's not going to work. So just go do it. Yeah. Wow. So one of the things you're saying here is don't be afraid of failure to the point where it paralyzes you from yep. even starting. Yes. I mean, I literally have so many stories of good friends of mine who like, I'll give you an example, a buddy of mine. I had him go through another friend of mine's training on how to become a consultant. And it was a high ticket consulting class. It was like $10,000. He paid the money. He went through it. We're, almost a year since he's been through it and he still hasn't gone out to go get his first client. I'm like, dude, stop preparing and just go do it. You know, just if you're going to say this is the business I'm in, you have to just go do it. Just go make those steps and make it happen. There's a really good video online with Gary Vaynerchuk doing this. And he's a guy that always says, Hey, ideas are worthless. Everyone has ideas. It's, it's execution. And Gary Vaynerchuk, he, he goes on, uh, there's a, there's a YouTube video with him. It's years old now, but he just sits there at his desk and goes, Hey, I get the question, how to monetize my blog. And from nothing, he goes on a, on a, a beer. He did wine library TV dot TV. And, uh, he, he just calls up. He just looks around who's selling what related. Oh, beer glasses. Okay. I'll call this guy up, calls him on the phone right there and basically hooks it up. Right there on the way. Wow. And he goes, you know what the secret was? I picked up the phone and I did it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> he just yeah. does it right there. And you're just going, okay. So it's, I, I think in church planning, as well as what we're talking about, the business side of things, 
it's what Pete said. It it's basically just doing it. There's in church planning the same thing. Uh, there's a lot of things like setting up a bank account or um, doing a 501c3. There's a bunch of crap in there that nobody wants to do. It sucks. Yeah. And so you know, just but you learn that as a church planner. There's this good old fashioned hardcore work ethic. In fact, that's our topic tomorrow. As a church planner, we're recording tomorrow our podcast. And the, the topic tomorrow is the church planner and the work ethic. Yeah. And so it, you just have to have one. You have to work hard. And so nothing comes by doing stuff you like, right? I, I, in our church planner training, we got a section in one of the chapters on character called stupid stuff I hate. And it's all about the stupid stuff you hate to do, but it has to be done just like life, just like your chores, just like things in marriage. You just, there's certain things that you got to go get gas for the wife. That's part of being a husband sometimes, yeah. you know, yeah. and uh, you don't want to do it, but you do it. You know, you don't want to change diapers for your kids, but you do it. Yeah. This I don't. <laughs> he That's doesn't. He's got a 1950s woman. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting that as, uh, as we talk about ideas, some people, we, we operate just in the big up there and we, you know, we big picture, but there's some nuts and bolts <laughs> things that all of us have to do in order to to move anything along and um i'm glad that you guys are doing that podcast for us church planters so that we can we can notice there's some things just uh do do the do get work done get stuff done yeah yeah well as we as we get ready to wrap up one of the questions that i, I wonder for people church planters anyone as they encounter obstacles and just challenges because as you begin new things you will encounter everything won't go smoothly in fact the success line or the line of success is not a straight up, it's zigzag. Um, it's a zigzag looking line. And so how do you meet obstacles? And maybe you can even share an example of something that you you were doing as a part of um, this, this initiative or something you were doing as a church planter or in business that you encountered an obstacle, didn't know what was happening, but you kind of navigated your way through. How, how can you share for, for those who are listening on that? Peyton, you want to take that? No, I'm gonna let you lead, man. <laughs> you know what do I do when I have a an impasse? For me, um, I'll say the importance of having mentors cannot be understated. So I, I've got a really good friend. Um, he's not a Christian friend. He's he's you know a moral guy, but unfortunately, that's just not a, enough. Um, but he is brilliant, brilliant. And so when I have issues, I call this guy all the time. I mean, we probably talk four or five times a week and I'll be like, Hey, here's the situation I'm running into. What would you suggest for this? And he'll give me great ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, but one of the things that I would caution people about is taking people's advice because you like them. That's mm -hmm. not the right way to work your, your yourself through these issues that you run into. Meaning you need to uh, know that the person who's giving you the advice is further up the path than you are in mm -hmm. that issue. So mm -hmm. a quick example, as a, uh, I got started in business as a financial planner. And one of the things that I kept running into were these people who would say to me, well, you know what, uh, I, everything you showed me looks great, but I got to talk to my pastor about this. And I remember thinking, I don't know, what do you mean you got to talk to your pastor? <laughs> I'm like, in my head, I'm going, dude, I grew up in a, a pastor's house. They don't know anything about money. Right. Why in the world would you go talk to them? But we take people who we do respect in one area of their life, 
And we then go, okay, well then everything that they say must be, you know, just wisdom and I need to listen to it. So I would caution you, you need to have mentors that can help you work through these problems, but they need to be experts in whatever that issue is that you have. Like they've got knowledge because they've been through it before, not because you really like them or they're really cool or they're a good friend or whatever. It's got to be specialized knowledge in that area that you're seeking advice on. Yeah. Also to um, one of the things, and it goes back to what I was saying earlier, um, you know, you, you need to stick at it. A, a lot of times people give up when they hit obstacles like, Oh, that's too hard. And it's kind of like how Jesus said, you know, that, um, you know, they, uh, you know, they, they, they receive the word with great joy and they immediately abandon it because persecution or hardship arose in the parable of the sower. And I think that's a human trait. I think that's just something that we do as people when, when we encounter an obstacle, an obstacle can be a bunch of things. It could be failure as in, you know, you, you do launch something and it fails. Well, so many business owners that you talk to or entrepreneurs, they've been bankrupt or what they've done didn't, didn't pop, didn't work. And you keep doing it. Church planning. I, I don't believe there's such a thing as a failure in church planning. I believe when you church plant and it doesn't pop, Hey, we've got towns where Paul went to, he preached and Acts says nothing happened. He just moved on. He planned his next one. His next town was Ephesus. Pop. Boom. You know, revival breaks out. They burn all their witchcraft books. Huge church out of Ephesus. Spends three years there. And I think one of the lessons is keep going and and don't stop because you hit an obstacle. If you have a failure, re-engineer, back up, renegotiate, look at what went wrong, learn from it. And so, like I said, the only failure in the world of church plan is a guy who never tried. And I think that's the same in business. If you didn't try, you know what? The best way not to fail is not to try. Never to attempt. And so when you come out of it, and, and, and so here you are, just a real quick deal is that um, so many of the projects that Pete and I have going, the Jump School Film Project, that was a, a, a core team training for small groups, seven-part video series. You can get it free. It's at um, jumpschool.com or sorry, jumpschooltraining.com forward slash free. That project took years and we encountered obstacles where the guy – who uh, was our director, he won the pitch competition in the UK. That's from Pinewood Studios where Star Wars was filmed. It was kind of a big deal. So he flew him out to Hollywood. He got bigger gigs. And he was like, hey, guys, you know what? My time right now, uh, it's going to cost more money. I'm sorry. I'm just boom, boom, boom. And he was one of the planners I trained. That was an obstacle. So Pete and I hit a Kickstarter. We got it done. And we finished. We applied for a grant. We got the grant. Um, it, it was hard work. It was more work. To, to surpass that art, that obstacle, but the project meant enough to us. And so here's the deal. You're going to hit obstacles. Anything worth doing is worth fighting for, worth persevering for, like your marriage, like your family, like any, any ministry you've been in that's been satisfying, like Paul planning churches. It's worth fighting and working for. So I would say church planners, entrepreneurs, patience, nothing happens overnight. And I'll work on a project for years. And people will say to me sometimes, how do you, how do you get all this crap done? Like, where do you have time? In the month of May alone, I submitted a book manuscript to, to Zondervan. I launched the, the training center for the Southern Baptist for the Western U.S. I, uh, traveled and trained the store to North, the state of North Carolina. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying like, I get sure. a lot done 
in in a small amount of time. Um, I I finished an online training course that had five modules, videos, blah blah blah, the whole nine yards, um, all in the month of May. I was tired June first, very tired. <laughs> it's my final. But people will ask me, and the reality is, they're seeing the tip of the iceberg. Mm. They're seeing what broke the surface, and that looks rapid. But the reality is, that project, that film project, that was being worked on for years. The book manuscript, I've been working 18 months on that. But it all popped right then. So I would say, guys, just have patience, have endurance, like Paul told Timothy. You know, uh, look to the hardworking farmer. You will receive a crop in due time if you're diligent. And these guys, you guys are uh, definitely left a lot of knowledge on this podcast for all of our listeners. And um, for anyone who is looking to contact you or just tell them some of the resources that you have available, uh, both Peyton and Pete, for church planters and just anyone seeking to do something for the kingdom or for their own business. Kind of just share with us how we can get access. I would say uh, check out the Church Planter podcast. Um, and uh, and if, sure. you, like, if you are a church planter yourself... Um, look for, I believe it's episode 183, which is the one that we just did on Bivo church planning. And that's, uh, where I actually, uh, talk about, uh, how to become a consultant, what I do as a consultant, the consulting training that I'm going to do, uh, churchplannermagazine.com is another great resource. And of course, if you have a, an iPhone or an Android device, you can find church planner magazine in, uh, the app stores. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we also have Hardcore Church Planning, which is an inter- a 30-minute interview show. and uh, It doesn't have any smack talk, so we don't like it as much. <laughs> no, but we do ask a question at the end. No matter who our guest is, Philip Yancey, doesn't matter who it is, we ask, if you were to get in a physical fistfight, we'll pit them against somebody and make them answer the question. And they get a little bit of they, – they start – some of them are humble, like, oh, I couldn't take Billy Graham. Other people be like, oh, you know, I totally I totally worked that dude. So it's funny, man. We, we had Derwin Gray on once, and oh, it was man. like, who do you pit him against? Like, who did Derwin? Linebacker. Derwin's on. like the Hulk, man, on the yeah. Avengers. You can't – it's kind of like game over, man. Who do you pit – so I think our question was – if you were to get in a physical fist fight with Derwin Gray. <laughs> yeah. Is that what it was? We made him fight himself? Yeah, I can't fight remember. Himself. That, yeah. That's it. And uh, so anyways, um, we've got those resources. And uh, yeah, just uh, and if you if you're interested in church planning and you, you want to do some first century style church planning, check out newbreedchurchplanning.com and uh, you'll, you'll find us over there. And we'll put all these links on uh, on my website, chemoandhines.com and uh, you can follow those links, follow those uh, websites, and you can get the information that was shared. And we're going to try to get that video as well and put it up on our website and our Facebook page so you can check it out. The one that you mentioned earlier from the guy, Gary. What's his last name? Gary Vaynerchuk. I'll send you the link. Okay, great, great. Hey, guys, thank you so much for your time. Thank you to those who are listening to this. I appreciate everyone listening to this Ideas to Life podcast. And I pray that you continue to follow us and you're getting inspiration and information as you go out and continue to make you what God has given you as an idea, what you're inspired with. Bring it to life so you can bless others. And thanks for listening to this special interview that Peyton Jones and I did with Camone Hines for his podcast. We appreciate you listening in. And I just want to remind you that if you are not a math pastor, and you don't like handling all the insurance and payroll and housing allowance and tax stuff, and you don't want to go to jail, then you want to head on over to simplifychurch.com 
where they can totally hook you up with uh, all the help that you need to keep your church regulatory correct, keep you doing what you need to be doing, and keep you from doing the things that you are not supposed to be doing. So head on over to SimplifyChurch.com, and we will be back with you next week. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Thank you.